debate tomorrow night. Last debate, the word impeachment didn't come up one time in three hours from candidates or moderators. Tomorrow night, I guaranteed. Don't know. Guaranteed. It will come up. How much? I don't know. Uh, Syria-Turkey thing. That going to be a big deal? Um, are candidates going to attack Joe Biden over the, hey, where is your son working for Ukraine? What's going on there? Because they think they've got a chance to damage, you know, one of the front runners. I wonder. If I'm a two or three percenter, I'm just thinking, just make me secretary of something, would you? I'm not going to bring out the knives against Biden, who's got a 29-point lead on me, and I'm a nobody. No, I mean, I the other people, uh, Warren, Bernie, maybe Mayor Pete, do they, do they go after that as kind of the swamp? You could. You, you could. could. In, in a way that's not overly savage. I heard somebody we'll bring up the, 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 the Biden and his kid thing, and... Um, and I thought, you people are so used to Washington, D.C. and the way all that crap works that it's not astounding to you. If my kid, well, you, you've got a grown kids, but if my mm-hmm. kid came to me and said, hey, I just got a job working for a Ukrainian oil company, it pays $60,000 a month. I would say, dude. What? What? <laughs> Do you have to kill somebody? What's going on here? I guarantee you there's something hinky here. That's what right. any normal person would say. Sure. Did and they tell you you have to write them a check for $10,000 to uh, cover taxes or something? I think it was an internet scam. Or they're, or they're about to ask you to do something really, really awful. Right. Um, yeah. Only in Washington, D.C., and in that world would people think, oh, okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, that makes sense. you got no expertise in that area or that business a ridiculous, um, insane amount of money. No, um, the, the they, oil company was buying a connection. It's obvious. For regular people, that would be crazy. Right. But Why the, did they hire my kid who's never been in the oil business or been to Ukraine to work at this company and pay him 60 grand a month? Right. It'd be, it, but they're, they're so, they live in such a different world. Sure. Yeah, everybody gets rich in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Doing things that it's kind of hard to figure out why you're the head of it. Sure, sure. I was I was reading about San Diego's um, Happy plan. Happy Columbus Day, by the way. I forgot to throw that in. Yeah, I don't know why you're so negative on this, the, uh, uh, the holiest of holidays or something. I don't know. I was reading about San Diego's plan for dealing with uh, the bums and junkies. Uh, call them homeless if you want. Some of them are what you would describe as, okay, we all have a mental image when we say the homeless, I think. And then there's bums and junkies. Um, but San Diego's homeless action plan calls for $1.9 billion of spending over the next 10 years, um, which is an astounding amount of money. Boy, Bill Maher had some good stuff on this Friday night. Oh, really? I, I meant to grab. I haven't caught it. Yeah. Yeah. On how they spend these crazy amounts of money. And uh, and why does it cost so much? Because everybody needs to wet their beak. Everybody at every stage is making money off all sure. this stuff. Bill Maher was really cynical about the whole thing. Well, you have said, and I think it's brilliantly simple or simply brilliant, uh, who somebody is getting that money. Well, it's so good. We're finally spending. Somebody gets that money. Who is it? What do they do? Did they earn it? Are they doing a good job at it? These questions are never asked. And, um, you know, in the case of the, the bums and junkies problem, the answer is mostly, oh, no, 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 no. It's just so people feel good in their conscience when they see some scumbag or, or crazy person or whatever, you know, screaming at a fire hydrant. They think, well, I'm in favor 
of helping those people. So it's just to help, honestly, college-educated suburban voters feel good about themselves. We do have to grab the Bill Maher stuff because he complains about the you know the the, the politicians and the graft and just you know helping out buddies and making money, and yeah. also really takes it to the unions and how much the unions uh, always get a piece of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're built like uh, there's another story out of Los Angeles that uh, I got it around here somewhere. But people are finally getting the word that, yeah, those billions of billions of dollars of new taxes Los Angelinos got duped into voting for. They're going to build housing for the bums and junkies and the homeless at six hundred thousand dollars per unit. In 75, 85% of America, that's the second biggest house in town. $600,000. Oh, heck yeah. And that's per unit for crappy apartments. Doesn't that sound like somebody getting their beak wet? It's just, it's astonishing. So anyway, I don't even remember how that came up. I'm troubled by that term. Why getting their beak wet? No, it's literally a, it's a, it's a, it's a bird thing. It's not, I I know, but it, it sounds naughty. Just stick with the birds. (laughs) <laughs> Stick with the birds. This sounds naughty. So, yeah, the, uh, uh, the Congress, showing a real lack of respect for Columbus Day, continues the impeachment hearings that are not really impeachment hearings, according to American tradition, because they do. haven't had a vote. That's what I would do if I was one of the Republicans up there. I'd say, I refuse to participate in this on Columbus Day. Right. I never right. get up and stomp out. You and the kids and the wife going to gather around the uh, Columbus Day tree and exchange Columbus Day presents tonight? I'd be interested to find out if my son even knows it's Columbus Day. I doubt it. Because you live in a liberal area. I don't and think, frankly, the, uh, I'm kind of leaning left on this one. I, I don't Columbus, think please, this is stupid. Yeah, I don't think there's many places in the country that still make a thing out of Columbus Day, is there? Not much. Well, it, it, heavily Italian-American places do. Because right, they it, got a big New York City Columbus Day parade. Right. It, it was instituted to, as kind of a sop, a gift to Italian-Americans, partly because at the time Italian-Americans were uh, the oppressed immigrant minority. And so, woke crowd, Columbus Day was all about being woke and being pro-immigrant. You didn't know that, did you? Of course you didn't. Hey, um, I'm looking at Elton John up on the Today Show, and he's got a new book out. He's still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his book's called Me. Uh, but it's, it's all, it's, you know, it's another one of those, uh, rock icon bios. They're, they've been hot for the last several years. They, people make a lot of money off of them. And, a lot and of people, I read them. <laughs> I've read a couple of them that I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. And I'd read his, man. He's brilliant, troubled, complicated. Funny story from it in a second. But here's what I don't like about a lot of this modern thing from not just uh, all celebrities are doing this. They write these books and they talk about all the people they slept with. No, 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 no. Not cool. Incredibly not cool. You can describe it in vague terms if you want. Then I was really sexually active, musicians, movie stars, whatever. Yeah, if you want to talk about your lifestyle and make a point of how you are out of control, or you you think it was a good idea, fine, I don't care about that, but you don't get to talk about other people's lives like that. Deborah Harry from Blondie, and you may or may not know who she was, but she was a big rock star in like the 70s, early 80s, and she lists all these different people she slept with, and oh. and, and and you know, some of them multiple at a time, or whatever, and I think you thought it was worth keeping a secret in the 70s when you were doing it. Right. You thought it was worth keeping it a secret in the 80s, and all these years since, but now all of a sudden you decide to gotta tell, sell books, man. Want to talk up. about their lifestyle? I just right. think that's so incredibly weak. Yeah. Hey, thanks for that, Deborah. 
Yeah, no kidding. Whoever I mentioned, I'm not even going to mention them here. But yeah. um, so you're a now sixty something, seventy year old rock star. You got a wife and a couple of kids, and you got that out there. Why? Right. Who, who who needs to have your sexual past from your twenties laid out there in front of you when you're older? And without Why? your permission, yeah, exactly. So, so does uncool. little Elton join in that? I or? don't know about oh, that. Yeah. But the story I really does like he is, apologize for the the hair pieces. I also don't think you need to talk about people's drug use. And you know, I saw him, this person at a party doing this. Yeah. Why? And but one of them is Dylan. He's at a party, and I don't know if he mentions Bob Dylan being drunk or not. For some reason, I just assume well, I've had that. a few, but I'm under control. <laughs> he talks about how mad he got because Bob Dylan was so terrible at charades and just could not figure out the whole syllable thing, how many syllables. Could not explain to Bob Dylan the whole how many syllables thing. Yeah. And I think that's hilarious for a guy who won the Nobel Prize in literature. He just couldn't get it through his head. Three syllables. Three th- uh, Mississippi. <laughs> No, three! Three! <laughs> Dogs. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Elton John enraged at Bob Dylan because he sucks at charades. That's would you, great. Would you like to be at that party? <laughs> wow. No! No syllables! Syllable! That's three! That's what's it. Syllables? Sybil. <laughs> so the Nobel Prize winner in literature just couldn't grasp the syllable thing. <laughs> that is so funny. That is really funny. <laughs> That's what I want out of a tell-all bio. Yes, please. I'll read the Elton uh, book. Did that movie came and went? Yeah, it did. What happened? Was it bad? I heard it was interesting. I don't know. Nobody cares. Uh, let's see. What else was I going to say? You got your... Uh, it was funny. I heard the words come out of the uh, talking head dope newscaster. The Nobel Prize in Economics has been awarded for, and I said out loud in my bathroom this morning, something progressives are in favor of. And sure enough, it's an experimental approach to solving poverty. I wrote a couple paragraphs about supply and demand, but they uh, they were not impressed. In your opinion, Jack... When demand rises, what happens to prices? It's complicated. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, China, got to bring you up to speed on us versus China. Uh, there was an update on that over the weekend. Our good friends, the Chinese, what? Oh, and listen, I mentioned this ages ago, but I really want to get to it. I, th- I found it kind of interesting. Uh, employers with the wackiest questions asked during the, do you have any questions for me, part of the interview. Um, and, and some of them, I think, are really good tips. Oh, uh, I would like to hear I mean, this. not only to avoid, but... I'll be looking for a job soon enough. I think that's pretty clear. Oh, yeah. That's kind of why I brought it up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. play this song. This is in the movie The Joker, starring the, the Walking Phoenix. It's just Joker, Jack. <laughs> um, so this is in the Joker movie, and Gary Glitter, who's a convicted yes. pedophile, yes. was going to stand to make lots of money off of this being in a successful soundtrack, because it's featured in the movie prominently, and a lot of people were not happy about that. So they're going to take it out of the official soundtrack to try to keep him from making money. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. 
That song gets played in arenas all across. Does it still get played in arenas all across? I don't the know that it does. Honestly, I everybody don't think just, so. I think everybody's hip to the the ch- child molester thing, mm. child porn enthusiast Gary Glitter. I don't know if it's ever come to your attention. Some uh, some musicians are weirdos. Yeah. Should not be trusted. Uh, so very briefly. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, we got all sorts of newsy stuff to get to. Um, but I promised this, so here it is. Uh, it's a listicle, which are, you know, entertaining from time to time. It's uh, craziest uh, questions asked in job interviews during the, do you have any questions for me part of the interview, which took me a long time to get used to. Yeah, Are you going to hire can me? Can you hire me, please? Because I have bills. Um, here's one person that said the first question he asked was, how was my interview? Openly asking for feedback to improve sent a really good message. I think if you answer it in the right way, any part of this interview leave you unsatisfied or worried about hiring me? Anything I can address for you? That would be that's a, a good really idea. Smart that's actually thing. a good idea. I, 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 yeah, I know. I expected I, this to be crap because most of this kind of stuff is. How dare you, sir? But um, that's actually a good idea. I'm going to tell my son that, and God help me if I ever have to interview for a job again. Um, I'll remember that. Yeah, yeah. I have that. It's the opposite of a fantasy. Is there a word for that? Something you imagine that would be terrible. You're hoping doesn't happen, but you're still ima- you're still going through the... Yes, I know. I was a well-known radio star, and I made X amount, but I really need the job, and I will get those toilets as clean as you can imagine. That is a, that's a great one. So is there anything that's happened so far in the interview that like made you go, oh, wait a second, that maybe I can clarify? Right. That is good. But I, again, I asked, is there, some, is there a term that means something you imagine but bad? Like, is that I, just worrying? There and, ought to be a word for it. It's a fear to see. And the guy says, yeah, I, I thought. Fear to see. That's really good. I thought you would come to this in a shirt, and you didn't. <laughs> Do I have to wear a shirt to work? All right, uh, then you have this. <laughs> I was interviewing a young woman for an engineering position. She said she had an engineering degree, recently graduated, no experience. Uh, I was thinking of hiring her until she asked, is there any math involved? I'm not very good uh, in math. What? No. Yes. No. Yes. Engineers don't say I'm not good at math, do they? We were interviewing candidates for a software development job. One of the applicants asked, how much computer use is involved? <laughs> very nice. Uh, then there's the typical, how often would I be able to leave early? Oh, wow. How soon can I take time off? Oh. You know, it's not an unreasonable question. You're wondering that. You don't ask it then. You know, here's one, and it's kind of sportsy. So if you're into sports, you might like it. But it's not sportsy if you hate sports. It's still good, I think. Um, Do you remember years ago when Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf were both coming out of college at the same time? I do. And uh, and everybody's wondering who they're going to take first. They're both great star quarterbacks for those not hip to it. Yeah, star quarterbacks in the NFL. And the yeah. the punchline is one of them turned out to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, like in the top couple of all time. And the other one flamed out immediately. Mm-hmm. It was just a complete bust. But until the the NFL career started, it, nobody knew. Everybody thought, how do you tell the difference? Mm-hmm. And the Indianapolis Colts interviewed them both. That's where Peyton Manning ended up going to play. And they asked Peyton Manning. So what's your plan? You're out of college and the NFL starts. What's your what's your plan for the for the summer? I'll do Ryan Leaf first. So Ryan Leaf said, 
Well, you know, I'm pretty excited about this. As soon as we sign a deal, a bunch of my buddies and I were going to go to Hawaii and we're going to we're going to have a big party and everything like that. And and Peyton Manning's answer was, well, as soon as a team signs me, I'm going to see if I can get into the practice facility early and start working on the just a completely yeah, different get the playbook. And so that's just a personality, right? The sort of person that sits down there and asks one of those questions. How much how often can I leave early? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that, not somebody who, no. who who's curious about how often they can leave early. That's somebody with a certain mindset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, much of the it's the the, the iceberg under the water. I don't know. You know, I don't know how much you can coach that. More good and bad ones. This is a badass question. This one uh, hirer says, uh, "Most memorable guy asked me if another company offered you the same salary for the same job to quit and come work for them, would you take it? Why? Why not?" The guy had to talk about his company's culture and how much he liked or didn't like working wow. there. Just stuck him with that. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that would always that's work. That's strong. That's yeah. strong. I might feel, if I'm the hiring guy, I might feel I'm being challenged a little too much by the, the new person. Here. I love it. Get out of here. A fresh, I, want, I want weak people. Fresh out of school kid, no experience. Interviewed at a high-tech company. Asked, how many people will I be managing? Not sure he, he knew what entry level means. <laughs> um. One, uh, I would gal say, asked, you haven't asked me my pronouns yet. How come? Is it possible to try the job for two weeks to see if I like it? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's sad. God, I hope I can coach up my kids better than that. And how about the, uh, how often do you drug test? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Marshall's News is coming up next, latest in Turkey and whatnot. And i got a debate tomorrow night. All that on the way. Such a fabulous weekend. Did a little road trip with the boys. My youngest uh, son's idea was we need to take a road trip, Dad. So we did a very spontaneous road trip. We drove a couple hours, just long enough to make it feel like a road trip. Yes. And uh, stayed in a hotel with a heated pool, and they swam for a couple hours. Boy, the hotel pool, I remember as a kid. That was because we didn't have a pool growing up. Um, only the rich people did. We don't have a pool either. And it, it just seemed like heaven. Oh, yeah. As a kid. They had so much fun. And then we order some food and have it delivered to the room and stuff like that. And oh, they just, yeah. They had so much flipping fun. Watching a little inappropriate TV. They're on the hotel bed. Yeah, well, I guess it's all right. We're in a hotel. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, a little pizza on the bed oh, after a swim. Everybody reeking with oh, chlorine. It was fantastic. Because <laughs> they keep those uh, hotel pools. I mean, like, can kill Ebola. Oh, yeah. Chlorine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You um, never know what a traveler's got dripping off. <laughs> News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, it's a report now in the New York Times. There has been a major shift in the Kurdish battle against the invading Turks. The Syrian army entered northeastern Syria, the state news media is reporting, soon after the government of President Assad forged an alliance with the Kurdish forces that controlled the region. The Syrian government's been almost entirely absent from the Northeast since it withdrew or was chased out by armed rebels, but now Assad's forces are reportedly moving back into that area to confront the Turks. And do I care about that? That's the question. So we had Mike Lyons on, who we've been talking to for years. He, uh, he's he been studying military stuff his whole life. Um, he's an analyst, and he's, uh, he's, he's backing the president on this, but most people aren't. So we're thinking we might get somebody on for the other side of the argument that represents like 99% of the people I see speaking about this. Right. 
Um, um, thinking maybe John Garamundi. He's a he's a representative Democrat, and he's on the Armed Services Committee, and he's out there making the argument like plenty of Republicans are too. Right. That this is a disaster. Well, I was just reading this tweet from an idiot, um, another <laughs> Congressperson. Yes. But you repeat yourself. Uh, not always, but in this case, I do. Uh, Jackie Spear uh, just tweeted out: Trump is a bumbling idiot, and wouldn't. And it wouldn't matter except he's placing the U.S. and our allies in a catastrophic position, shifting the world order with his prank and causing the death of untold people. Oh, that's fair. Come on, um, Jackie. So as we were just talking to Mike, Mike Lines about it, and I, I want to hear the other side of this argument. So when Turkey said, look, we're going in, right. we're going in to Syria. We're going to create a buffer zone. We're going in. Just letting you know. What is the alternative to us pulling our troops out, our 50 people out, Ben, that Trump did? War. Go to war with Turkey. I would actually hear, like to hear uh, right. Mike Mattis. Is, it's, uh, he's arguing on the shows yesterday that this is a disaster. Right. Former Secretary of Defense. Would he say, stand up to him, make him back down? Oh, yeah. He would have said the president had to offer a, uh, a stern, stern warning to Turkey. Our guys aren't moving, and if one of them gets so much as a headache, we're going to go crazy. Are we? Don't move. We're going to go to war with Turkey over this. We're maybe, defending eco- this. maybe economic war. I don't. I don't know. We will defend our men. Period. Click. Hang up the phone. I think that'd probably stop Erdogan in his tracks. I have a feeling that's what Mattis would say. I wish we could talk to him. Hmm. Meanwhile, you got Senator Lindsey Graham. He is all a fire and a blaze about all this. He says he's I'll going to be meeting is. with President Trump today. He is going to go to the Oval Office. He wants to discuss sanctions against Turkey over its invasion into Syria. A South Carolina senator last week critical of Trump's announcement about removing the troops from Syria. On Monday, Graham blamed Turkey for the turmoil, saying the Turkish leaders made the biggest mistake of their political lives and uh, brought this on themselves. Meanwhile, you got Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin saying this morning that we do have some plans in place. We are ready to go on a moment's notice to put on sanctions. And as I've said, these sanctions could be starting small. They could be maximum pressure, which would destroy the Turkish economy. So the president is very focused on this. He's offered to mediate this situation. Uh, It is a developing situation. Meanwhile, in the middle of all this, you got Russian President Vladimir Putin now in Saudi Arabia on a special uh, state visit to the Saudis. He landed in Riyadh not long ago. He is going to be sitting down with King Solomon. To, hey, uh, yes, we've got a, a breaking news right. that you never know what these are. Okay, but so they've got a, one of your secret impeachment meetings going on right now. The behind closed doors, right? Yeah, the. People backing Trump are calling them secret. I don't know if that's fair or not. Behind closed doors, a lot of it's classified. Yeah, that doesn't. That's not. Although the, they are secret. Well, they yeah. are, but I think yeah. what you're trying to imply is. Well, I know what they're trying to imply because I read an article about it over this weekend. You're trying to imply that some sort of secret dealing is going on. Well, the, some of the stuff has to stay secret. Yeah, everybody's should, a spy. It should say stay secret. But anyway, this headline is. GOP Representative Matt Getz, who's been pretty uh, pretty fiery. Rising star. Rising Matt star Getz, recently, yeah. has been kicked out of one of the secret impeachment meetings. Wow. <laughs> That's what the Washington Examiner <laughs> is reporting. Do? I don't know. He said one of his saucy things, and they booted him out, I guess. so. Uh, he was kicked out, he says, um, because he's not a member of the three committees conducting the interview. 
He said he consulted with a House parliamentarian who ruled that he could not be there. Well, did he show up to a meeting he wasn't invited to and he got kicked? I don't know if that's exactly the same well, thing. Yeah, yeah, if he doesn't have the right security clearances, right. or I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a developing story, Marshall. Yeah. This impeachment is a kangaroo court. There you go. Now, one of HBO's best shows of all time is getting a sequel on Apple TV+. Plus. The company announcing the first TV series that will it will actually make in-house and will fully own will be the sequel to Band of Brothers, the World War II miniseries that uh, has been dubbed one of the finest shows HBO ever mm-hmm. produced. It's a new nine-episode series. It's called Masters of the Air. It's going to have the creative team of uh, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks again uh, attending Never to it. Never heard of them. And uh, HBO reportedly balked on the sequel because of the high cost. Apple Plus has uh, put a, put aside at least $200 million for the nine-episode series. $200 million for Masters of the Air. Could be good. We'll see. All right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> Normally, we make giant corporations buy advertising, Marshall. But, uh... Oh, uh, speaking of impeachment, which I didn't follow really over the weekend, I'm not, I'm not yeah. following the daily developments on this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did the clock move closer to impeachment or further away over the weekend? Do you have any idea? Oh, I'd have to the think The meter. I'd have to think about it, and you know how I hate that. Well, the various diplomats that have uh, testified and some of the stuff that's leaked out about that. And... Yeah, I don't... Uh, iffy. I, don't know. I, I call it the same. I didn't feel like there was anything really big. I liked all the stuff on Saturday Night Live about the two guys, the friends of Giuliani, that got arrested. That was pretty funny. I didn't see that oh. one. Well, I tell you one one growing uh, you know topic that I was heavy on Friday and and events seem to be supporting me is Giuliani's got to go, he's got to go and or he's got to shut up. And uh, did you follow this over the weekend? Uh, Rudy was out in the press saying, "I'm absolutely still the president's uh, attorney. I'm uh, I'm doing him good. I'm doing fine work." And somebody asked uh, Trump himself, and he said, eh, "We'll see, see how it goes." <laughs> Well, he's bringing in yeah. Trey Gowdy. Is right. that is that a transition thing? Going to bring in as soon as Trey Gowdy gets in, Giuliani's out. If I were on the president's uh, advisory council, I would suggest that. that'd be a yes. hell of an upgrade. Oh, please. you don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Yeah, you're an idiot, <laughs> idiot. Crazy old coot. Settle down. Warning about China from a U.S. senator. Also, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren with a heck of a ploy with Facebook over the weekend. Did you see this? Mm. Her fake ad that she posted oh, to see how they'd react bunch of stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. Once upon a time you dressed so fine Through the bumps of dime in your prime Then you And it's definitely about to get worse for Trump because of these two Shreks. <laughs> two Soviet-born associates of Rudy Giuliani, Igor Fruman and Lev Parnas, who were somehow not killed by John Wick. <laughs> were arrested at Dulles Airport in Washington for allegedly funneling Russian money to the Trump campaign, which, as you might have guessed, is very illegal. And 
And before Trump says, I don't even know these guys, here's a quick slideshow I put together. Bunch of pictures of them together, which I don't know if they're real or not. God. God, they photograph well. Giuliani's two associates are also successful entrepreneurs. Igor, the handsome one, owns a club in Ukraine that's called Mafia Rave, which I think counts as a full confession. And then Lev, the shy one, owns a security business called, I swear to you, Fraud Guaranteed. And so my guarantee is that Trump is about to lose court case number six. But those those two guys that were friends of Giuliani's, I, I, all those pictures they put up there were those. Do you know if those are real or not? Are there pictures of Trump? Oh, with I've the guys? seen them in multiple places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I heard Trump say, "I don't know if there's pictures with me or not." And I got pictures with everybody, which is true. When you're oh, Donald it's Trump, absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. I know people who had their picture taken with George W. Bush, and I promise you, W. has no oh, idea yeah. who they oh, are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, these guys were really big in uh, political donations. They, for the same reason that, that everybody else does it, trying to get connections and curry favor and the rest of it. But they were a couple of Eastern Bloc mob-looking dudes. Well, yeah, if you came out of the former Soviet Empire and you're rich, you're mobbed up. I mean, it's just that's the way you've got to do business. So Elizabeth Warren did a little trick here, and I don't know how it turned out because I haven't followed up. She posted an ad. She bought an ad on Facebook. The Democratic presidential candidate bought a political ad on Facebook this past week that purposefully included false claims about Mark Zuckerberg and President Trump to try to goad Facebook into removing misinformation and political ads ahead of the 2020 election. Good luck with that. Well, right, but Facebook claims that they're going to try to do that. I don't know how they would possibly do that. Well, my opinion has not changed in observing this through the years. Whenever they try to be an arbiter of what's okay and what's not, they fail miserably. I don't want child porn on there or or physical threats against people or or directly whipping up violence, right, or ISIS or whatever. But with some politicians saying, the congressman is a criminal. I don't need Mark Zuckerberg saying, well, it was only a DUI, so we don't think it. No, you know how that would work. Get out. You know how that would work. I know exactly how it would work, yeah. The ad... (laughs) Placed on Facebook beginning Thursday starts with Miss Warren announcing breaking news. Mark Zuckerberg is backing the re-election of Donald Trump. Zuckerberg is not backing the election of Donald Trump. He's not. But she put an ad on there saying it was to see if they would take it down. Well, I don't know exactly how this has turned out. Uh, in a series of tweets on Saturday, Elizabeth Warren said she had deliberately made an ad with lies because Facebook had previously allowed politicians to place ads with false claims. We decided to see how far it would go. Um, Facebook is running a disinformation for profit machine. Um, I, I just don't know how you fix that. And we'll see how it turns out. There's going to be a lot of talk about that during the election. Yeah, well, hands off. Government's not good at censoring, and neither is Mark Zuckerberg, so hands off. Pretty good ploy, though. Oh, speaking of censoring, side. did you hear about these this controversy? And, you know, it's it's a tempest in a teapot, but... What does that mean? It means uh, it's, it's. I don't drink tea. It seems you don't cat. need to. You don't need to drink tea. 
It's a big storm, but very small, really. I mean, it's an intense storm, but of, of no importance. Okay. It's this video that was run at a Trump, pro-Trump conference at Mar-a-Lago the other day, his uh, hotel and golf resort near uh, Miami. <laughs> Here's a description of the contents of this video. Senator Bernie Sanders screams as his head is lit on fire. Woo. Oh, boy. That's a fine how do you do. Former President Barack Obama is smashed face first like a battering ram into what appears to be part of a wooden pulpit. People with their faces replaced by the logos of news organizations such as CNN, NBC, Politico, and HuffPo are brutally stabbed and shot. At the center of the bloody rampage unfolding in the church of fake news is a man dressed in a dark pinstripe suit. President Trump's head is superimposed on his body. The clip has drawn intense backlash from journalists and public figures who have decried it as violent, horrific, and an incitement of violence. Many of the news organizations and people targeted in the video have been publicly targeted by Trump, so somebody decides to make a video of it. There he is. Uh, Trump appears to be shooting. Yes, Trump is shooting the news organizations. There's Black Lives Matter gets shot in the head. Oh, that's really terrible. Who decided this was a good idea? Oh, my God, it's awful. We'll post it for you at armstrongandgetty.com just so you can see it yourself. But it's I've seen that movie. What's that? But is Trump being blamed for this? Did you say he retweeted it? or Was oh, that Kingsman? Yeah, your first syllable keeps getting blotted out. Weird. What's that now? Is Trump getting blamed for this in some level? Did he retweet it? Or... No, I just think it's considered horrible. Okay. Yeah, and it was at a pro-Trump conference. Hey, does <laughs> Bernie's head getting lit on fire? Oh, that's terrible. That's it. He just had a heart attack. Don't light his head on fire. So I got a question. Do you, Does NBC have a relationship with the NBA? I don't remember what, what network has the NBA. Does anybody know? Uh, I ABC, was, I think. Yeah. Well, it's uh, a lot of the games, TBS and yeah, they all family I just, I just wondered because I was expecting something about the NBA in China on Saturday Night Live, and I don't think I saw anything. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe they've got games and they thought well we're not going to go there they got told no 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 because i thought that would be a good one ben sass senator from nebraska with an op-ed in the wall street journal over the weekend china is waging war with u.s businesses and it's winning and he goes through all the businesses that have caved to china over the years with the most recent and high profile of course being the, the whole nba story um and he goes through the laundry list and it's quite a few businesses as we mentioned last week and all the ways that We've caved to China, and he's um, saying, you know, this is this is a war. This is a this is a serious economic war that uh, you know someday could lead to a war. War and economic might is a big part of a war. War, and this is super important. And his last line was, "That's what America is all about: standing up to these various things." He says, "That's what America is all about: either that, or we better learn Mandarin," which I thought was a hell of a thing from a U.S. senator. Wow. Um, well, I see his point. China will get over no matter what they have to do. You know, brutality, obviously. Um, Militarizing the South China Sea. um, Jerking our economy around. uh, That sort of thing. Do we have the... No, we don't. Guts. I'm sorry, I didn't even hear your question. Well, you're correct, but... Do we have the guts, balls, etc. to no, we don't. when it's going to cause a serious recession say, that's it. 
we're uh, we're against you. We're not your buddies. We're uh, or lowering the boom sanction wise. We're not trading with you when China, you know, does something truly unspeakable. So Xi over the weekend, he was actually talking about separatist movements somewhere else, uh, Sri Lanka or someplace. I don't know. One of these places I don't pay attention to. But everybody thinks he was talking about Hong Kong when he said people who try to go against China will end up with crushed bodies and shattered bones. Grr. And he said that in a speech over the weekend, and everybody just assumes that he was that was a that was a message to the Hong Kong protesters: crushed bodies and shattered bones. Did you see the feature on sixty Minutes last night on the whole Hong Kong thing? Oh, I was watching football Boy, like an was, American. It was really good. This billionaire in China. Or in Hong Kong, he grew up in China, he moved to Hong Kong, he became a billionaire clothier, and now he's one of the protesters, and he's out on the street every day, and he's in his 70s. Oh, yeah, I've seen interviews with yeah. that guy, yeah. And he was, he was out, on the, he's out on the street every single day and talking about how important it is, and they interviewed all these college kids. I mean, they're all in. They're, they're all in with their lives on this protest. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And also, everywhere that the news cameras went with CBS, you had government people, or you assume they're government people, oh, people yeah. standing back with videotapes. Who are you? Uh, nobody. Just standing there videotaping this. Sure. Seeing yeah. who's talking to foreign media and saying mm-hmm. bad things about China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely true. I tell you what, and this is exciting and interesting unless you live there and it's a nightmare. China is going to crack down. They're going to crack down mightily at some point. And then I could really see a an insurgent movement, a guerrilla movement in Hong Kong and violence for a very, very long time. I wonder if they're just waiting for the right news day, something that's really distracting to us, mm, and that's some, the day they do something it. Something like that. They might be meeting every day trying to decide. <laughs>